Hey y'all, welcome to the Letting the Light In podcast. I'm your host, Camry, Cam Jam, KJP, or Cams, a lover of all of my nicknames and the relationships they're indicative of. Today, I'm sharing a list of things that are lighting up my week for two reasons. Firstly, I hope some of them light up your week. Food, podcasts, books, TV shows, music, I'll be covering it all. But more importantly, I hope you'll start your own lists of light, becoming mindful of the small things. Because, as my girl Ann Boskamp says, when I give thanks for the seemingly microscopic, I make a place for God to grow within me. Eight great things for y'all this week, which I'm so excited to talk about each of them, so let's get started. Number eight, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. So if you've been around my Instagram for the last week, you know that I have not only posted a photo about how meaningful this book has been, but also put it on my book review on my stories, which I typically do. Um, But this book, y'all, it's just really been sticking with me. I've been thinking about it um, since finishing it on Saturday. I'm not going to lie. The first 30 pages or so, I was like, okay, this book has really come highly recommended. I'm just not really feeling it. And my friend um, actually put it best. She said it takes a while to identify with her character. She's extremely quirky and her sense of humor, you kind of have to just get used to her. And so I'm telling you, once those 30 pages passed, I could not put it down. Um, I mentioned this on my story, but I was reading it in the main living room with my mom. And there were several times where I would like snicker or literally laugh out loud. And she'd kind of look at me and I was like, this book is just so funny. And um, if you had an experience like that, you know that sometimes reading books in public can be dangerous because people kind of give you the side eye like, wow, this this girl's crazy. But um, it is about a woman, Eleanor. She's in her... Uh, mid-30s, I believe, um, with a very wry sense of humor, like I mentioned. Um, She works in an office, which she um, very vaguely tells you in the first couple of pages, and you find out very quickly that she has um, has had a very tumultuous childhood, has grown up in foster care, and has a very um, just horrifying relationship with her mom. The way that her mom is characterized, you're like, this, I mean, this is just terrible. So I won't give too much away. She befriends this um, man named Raymond after they witness an accident together and help this old man. Um, They get him to the hospital and they forge a friendship after that. And I actually just uh, figured out today, my aunt Leslie actually texted me after I did the review and was like, hey, did you know that it's going to be a movie? And I did a little research and Reese Witherspoon's film company optioned the rights. And so it's supposed to be slated to come out Valentine's Day 2020. So Valentine's Day next year cannot come soon enough. I bet... They do an amazing job with the movie. I mean, the characters in the book are just amazing, so they're not going to have to do that much work, but it was a phenomenal read. Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Number seven, Turbo Kick. I've actually mentioned uh, group exercise classes on here before. They've been lighting up my week uh, in episodes previous, but this class in particular, um, it's on Monday mornings at 8.30, and I do it right before I do um, Cycle, and it's taught by the same instructor. And I've actually done Turbo Kick before. I actually went through a phase in high school where, like, um, at the school that I went to, we had this thing called Summer Explorations, which is where you could sign up for, like, different classes to take in the summer. And I did Turbo Kick for two summers in high school. And I'm not going to lie, it's, like, very much my kind of, like, the way that I like to dance. Like, very upbeat with lots of beats, loud music. And I don't know, just this class on Monday mornings, it's so fun. The instructor's phenomenal. Her name's Katie. And I'm telling you, like, I... I'd be feeling myself in this class. Like I stand right in the front, close to the mirror because I just, I love it. It makes me feel so alive and so just me. And there's a sweet man. I always tell Tay that um, if one of us dies before the other, like 
pretty unexpectedly or quite a bit before, um, you know, we get to like 80, um, one, we have to become this man that, and um, I say that and I'm like, it's not like, I don't even know if his spouse has died, but that's just what I, I think about what I would turn into if Tay died and I was still kind of like in my fifties or sixties in good health. He takes almost every class at the Y with the biggest smile on his face. And I was telling Tay, he doesn't really do it for the workout, especially this class. He really does it, one, for the social aspect, but two, just because he loves to groove. And there were several times where, like, in the middle of a move or, like, a combination, we'll, we're supposed to clap, and he'll go, hey, and he'll, like, clap the loudest. It's the best. And so I love this sweet man. But Turbo Kick, I'm telling you, it just really makes me feel like me. So if you live in Wichita and want to come with me to a class, it's really fun. You should come to Turbo Kick with me. Number six, creative baking. If you listened to my podcast last week with my friend Ashley, we talk a little bit about how we each are creative beings. Um, we're made in the image of our creator, and so that is just a part of our DNA, and whether we think so or not. I grew up for a long time thinking that I was not a creative person, and it's just taken me a long time to figure out how that creativity expresses itself, and one of those ways is in baking. I love to kind of take like a base recipe or even like a cookie that I've made in the past and tweak it a little bit or kind of try different um, measurements and see what kind of density this makes it or like, okay, if I melt the butter, how flat can the cookies get? Will they get crispy? Will they burn? Um, and so this past week, my sweet husband, um, he does a Bible study on Friday mornings for middle schoolers and he brought home probably 12 very ripe bananas um, that had actually been left there the week before and so he was like, these have got to be used. And so I was like, all right, well, we're doing a lot with bananas this week. So I made chocolate chip, just very basic chocolate chip banana bread. But I kind of went a little creative on um, some banana bread muffins, and I put a Hershey Kiss in the middle. And I just, I don't know, I love to bake, and taking it just that next step where you just throw something in unexpected, it, it just is very satisfying for me. And, and I think that's the way that I see a ton of my creati creativity express itself. So creative baking, number six. Number five, front door happies. To go along with the creative baking, um, because we had so much banana bread and so many banana muffins and so many little banana cookies that I made, um, I got to make a lot of people um, a little happy, leaving them a front door happy. I get this phrase from my friend Mary Elizabeth, who gave me a happy this past summer. Um, I can't even remember what. Oh, it was a big vase of, um, oh, was my, what did I tell her my favorite candy was? probably Reese's. And she said, um, the note said just a little happy for you. I think it was because I'd taken her and her husband to the airport, but I just love that phrase, giving somebody a little happy, whether it's a little note or their favorite candy or, um, some flowers, just leaving them a happy. And so I took this bread that we baked last week and, um, uh, left it on a few friends' porches and, it, it's something so small, but I think finding something very unexpected, whether in your mailbox or on your front porch, maybe after a long day, or maybe you've had a great day. Um, I think just the fact that somebody's thinking about you, and it's such a small gesture to just go and drop somebody something off on somebody's porch, but I encourage you this week, leave somebody a front door happy, or a mailbox happy, or any kind of happy. Just give them something that they're not expecting. Number four, basketball, a love story. This is a documentary that we actually, uh, my family, we stumbled upon on Saturday. We were getting ready for the Carolina Duke game that came on at five. And before, um, this is, I think, I believe this one was a two hour special, but we only caught the last hour. And I did a little research. So essentially the documentary um, focuses on 30 or so of the most prominent figures in basketball right now, whether they be coaches, players, um, reporters, journalists, um, analysts, just 
anybody that is very impactful in the game of basketball right now. And this one that we stumbled upon was about Gino Ariema and Pat Summit, the two legendary women's basketball coaches, uh, Gino for UConn and Pat Summit for Tennessee. And it just went very in depth into their rivalry and just their relationship and the tension that they've had in the past. And by the end of the episode, my mother-in-law and my mom were all tearing up and Tay was like, wow, didn't, didn't know that Pat Summit brought that out of you. But I looked at him and I said, this is why sports are the best. Um, I'm a little partial to basketball, but I just think this d- documentary is phenomenally done. Um, I did, like I said, I did some research and some of the other figures that they focus on are LeBron, um, Stephen A. Smith, the reporter, uh, John Wooden, the legendary coach and Kobe Bryant. So um, I believe each episode is in between an hour and two hours. Um, and I haven't seen any of the other ones, but it's a, I think it's a 40 part series. There are 40 different like episodes that ESPN, um, it's produced by ESPN. So I highly recommend, I don't know if it's on Netflix, but I think they're still, still airing on TV. So track down when that's airing, um, in your neck of the woods and definitely give that a watch. Number three, the teacher's pet. It's time for my podcast recommendation. Y'all know you're going to get one every time. Um, this episode, number one, caught my attention because it is Australian. And so the entire podcast is narrated in an Australian accent. So yeah, I'll just let you think about that. It is amazing. I love Australian accents. This is actually about a murder that happened 30 years ago. Well, I say murder. The husband was actually never convicted, convicted, but this woman, Lynn lives in Australia and she disappeared, um, in the bush where they live in Australia. And, um, she was married to a, kind of like high school phenom um, standout rugby player who I believe was 20 or 15 or 20 years older than her. And it comes, um, you later find out that he actually had a habit and several actually teachers at the high school that he worked at had a habit of courting some of his students. And so I believe that he, he and Lynn first got together um, when he taught at her high school, he taught um, physical education, but they get married, um, have two girls. And then when her girls are two and four, Um, She just mysteriously disappears. This is also about at the same time that her husband, who I just told you had relationships with high school girls, um, his latest fling with a high school girl, she had moved into their house. Um, She was like their live-in babysitter, but he was having a full-on affair with her. And so, like I said, it happened 30 years ago. He's never been tried. Um, Actually, after the coroners investigated and looked and exhumed the body, they like highly suggested that he be arrested for um, the charges and he never has been. And so I'm only on episode three, but it's called The Teacher's Pet and it's it's really well done so far. Um, he's interviewed her family members, some of his family members. Um, I, I believe that one of the episodes you'll actually get to hear from Joanne, which is the, the live-in babysitter that, <clears throat> that I mentioned earlier. But it's been, I mean, really good. Uh, up on par with Up, on, up and Vanished and um, Gladiator, some of the ones that I've recommended in the past. I've been pleasantly surprised with this Australian podcast, The Teacher's Pet. Number two, Teaching Fossey Nunchi. All right, you're like, what is this crazy word that she's saying? I read a book last week called There Are No Grown-Ups, which one of my favorite um, journalists wrote. Her name's Pamela Druckerman. And the thesis of this book basically is I turned 40 and all of a sudden I'm supposed to feel like I am a grown up. I'm supposed to feel like I know how to do all these things, like change the curtains and file my taxes. And, and she said, she looked around one day and was like, oh, I I don't get to like ask somebody to figure out for me. Like I have to do it. So anyways, one of the chapters she's talking about parenting and about how, um, at 40, you're supposed to know like the, the values that you want to cultivate your kids and how to discipline. And, and she's kind of talking about how that's totally a lie. Like she's just winging it. But in this chapter, she talks about this concept, Nunchi, 
which she heard from one of her South Korean friends growing up. Her South Korean friend was over and kind of was telling her, um, lamenting about how she'd been out to dinner with her parents and gotten scolded. And she was like, they just kept telling me Nunchi. And she's like, what does that mean? And essentially it means, um, it roughly translates to read the room. And so when she was at a restaurant, she was throwing a fit and her parents said Nunchi, which means look around you, assess other people's emotions, assess how other people are behaving and then adjust accordingly. And I shared this with Tay just because I love, um, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of just emotional and um, social intelligence, looking around at a situation and seeing how other people are reacting and feeling and uh, adjusting your behavior appropriately. And that's something for sure that I want to teach our son um, that, I mean, it's, it's very helpful at his age now where he's a big fan of throwing fits to look around and be like, oh, wow, like nobody else is behaving like this. I don't have to behave like this. Um, but just even as he grows older, like I for sure want him to be somebody that looks around um, and, and assesses how the other people, how other people around him are feeling, whether they're feeling sad or left out. Um, I want him to be able to look around and read the room and adjust um, how he can love and treat people accordingly. So, Nunchi, that's going to be a word that maybe you hear uh, Tay and I say to Fossey in the coming years. The last one, Awakening by Amanda Lindsay Cook. Amanda is one of my favorite worship leaders. Um, she's a part of the Bethel Music um, Collective out of Redding, California, which I'm sure several, several of y'all have heard of. Um, Amanda went high on my radar four or five years ago when her record Brave New World came out. Um, there are several songs on there that just really felt like they were written specifically for me. Um, several that I still will turn to in a season of darkness or in a season where um, I'm really just having a hard time expressing how I am feeling or um, resonating. And so um, have been a huge fan of hers for a long time. She's been off the radar for a long time. She, I think, took a two or three years a hiatus from social media and very recently kind of came back and said, hey, I'm, I've been working on new music. I've been writing through kind of what I'm going through. And so this record, Awakening, is her first um, single that she's released. So I'll put, play a little bit of it for y'all.
The lyrics, of course, are brilliant, but the music video, y'all, is really where it's at. Um, she is obviously in it singing, but there's a woman in it um, that's her good friend that's dancing, and it is just phenomenal. Um, the way that it's shot and produced is I highly recommend checking out the music video, too. So that's Awakening by Amanda Lindsay Cook. Thanks for hanging with me today, y'all. I hope one of these eight things um, really sticks with you this week, and as always, I hope that you are can, I hope that you are scribing your own lists of light and just letting that radiate around the people, to the people around you. Wow, y'all, really struggling. Um, I will talk to you guys soon.